Ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies, welcome to Homemaker Chic, where we're rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. Know it with red lips, no denim jumpers. I am your host, Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead, joined by the one and only Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl. How are you today, my friend? Hello. I'm good. I must confess I'm wearing mauve. No red lips today. <laughs> mauve lipstick. Ah, uh, well, I have chapstick Changing on. Up. So, you know. Chapstick. Well, I just, wax build up. I just never came hurt in. anyone. <laughs> I just came in from the garden. It's glorious out there. So there's not much chic going on with me right now. It's mostly, don't make that snarled face at me. Out there. <laughs> it's glorious. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> If that's what you're going to sound like when you're an old lady, I don't know if I want to be friends anymore. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Shay. My children um, have Snapchat and there's this picture filter where you can make yourself an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) And now I know why I have been fighting wrinkles (laughs) since I was 17. (laughs) Oh, I want to see it. Oh, I want to see it. I want to see you with that on the the Instagram page for my selfie for the week. Yes, please do that. I would love to see it. Oh, I bet it's going to be awesome. It is awesome. I look like I look exactly like like a melding of my one grandma and my aunt and my dad, like morphed into one person. Sounds sexy. I don't think it will be that bad, but it's pretty hysterical. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, I hope we age semi-well. I mean, there's no avoiding it. So we might as well glide into that as wonderfully as we can. Right? Slamming into a brick wall. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll glide. We'll I didn't gl- look like I had I had glid in, in the picture. Let me put it that way. So <laughs> there was no gliding. All right. It well, was aggressive aging. Okay. <laughs> I am going to start us off. What are you sipping, Shay? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Okay. um, I am switching it up a bit uh, just because of the time of day. There are some limits to my depravity and drinking before noon is one of those. So I am sipping. Now now everyone knows that I'm drinking at two in the afternoon. Go ahead. You're two hours ahead of me. If it was two, I would do it. Okay. No, I I am drinking a honey latte right now and it's delicious and I was actually thinking because we're going to be talking about food and food stuffs and storage today this is actually Mm -hmm. a perfect example of a semi local sourced drink really because obviously we import our coffee we get green beans and we roast them here at the house but the milk Mm -hmm. is from the cow and the honey is from the bees and I thought ooh. Even if there wasn't coffee in here, I could still have my sweet milks, which would be very soothing to my soul, should it ever hit the fan. I said, should. She And just to clarify, she said, should it ever hit the fan? <laughs> just in case there was some static. <laughs> what are you sipping? Uh, June, I am sipping. Um, okay. I know I'm always drinking the same wine or so it sounds like. This is a Bordeaux. This is a Cote de Bordeaux. So it's from the Bordeaux coast and it's called Chateau Lagrange Clinet, which Clinet, I'm assuming, is the family name. And Grange means barn. Mm. <laughs> um, but I wanted to, to um, you know, we get wine questions now that we're talking about wine. I wanted to give like two tiny little pointers because I know so often for us girls, it's about the packaging we like the perfume because of the packaging or we pick, you know, our hand soap because of the packaging and the same with the wine label. I know most people are a sucker for a pretty wine label, but when you're looking at a French bottle of wine and you're wondering, is this a table wine? Is this going to be good? What does a table wine mean? What does that even mean? I just, I think it's just like a, a blending of different locations. So it's not Kind of what I'm about to say is when you see that, um, I'm going to see if I can say it correctly. It says like mise en bouteille. It looks like M-I-S-E-N and then mise a big B word. Oh, au chateau, mise en bouteille au chateau. That means made and bottled at the chateau. So, you know, it's that family's grapes. 
they're doing the production. So that would be something like if you had a full on like Cabernet Sauvignon or something, it wouldn't be like a blend. So you're saying like a table wine is like a blend? Table wine, I think, is coming from different locations. So this is a blend. This is a Merlot and a Cab Sav and a Cabernet Franc. Okay. But I'm saying this family is making it, this particular chateau. You know, you and I could be um, vintners. We could order grapes and we could make the wine in our garage. So that wouldn't be the same. Everything's coming from the property. Yes. When it says that. Sometimes it says no, uh, no chaise, no chaise, I think, C-H-A-I-S. And that means like made and bottled in our cellars. I see. So, you know, vin de table means table wine. But if you want to maybe take it up a notch, when you see that made and bottled at the chateau, that's like your little clue that you're on the right path. I see. That's a very rudimentary wine label lesson. Now you know. You're welcome. Listen, rudimentary <laughs> lessons yep. are all we can do. It's all we're capable of. Experts at nothing, lovers right. of all things. <laughs> We've already clarified we know nothing. We know nothing. We've gotten a few comments actually that are like, hey, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Like, we know. That's why we said we if don't If you know. hadn't <laughs> noticed, we're very self-deprecating. Like, <laughs> extremely. Oh, if you just so listen long true. enough, we'll come around to just ripping ourselves to shreds and you yes. won't need to do it for us. So There you go. Well, not everybody. We've had some really wonderful, kind listeners reaching out to us since this podcast has started. I mean, truly, the success of it has kind of baffled us a little bit because we don't know anything and we're not really sharing anything that incredibly valuable with you. We're just wanting to have have a conversation and to have an open dialogue with you, to share in this life with you, to encourage you. But here is my favorite comment of the week. Katie Calam- Katie's Calamities on Instagram says, I am your 0.5 of a listener here. So she must have made it all the way to the end of the last episode. <laughs> she said, I just mowed my leg hair and I'm sipping a latte. Girls, we are such kindred spirits. Katie, you are smelling what I'm stepping in, girl. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you. There were some... Uh, really good ones. Holly says, Karen, your trash is showing. <laughs> Which cracks me up. That. Karen, your trash is showing. Listen, trash is showing. if you listen long enough, you'll also hear the trash come out because you guys know I can only hide it for so long. Okay, I'll be talking about 90s pop music before you know it. Oh, speaking of 90s pop music. I went to my parents' house the other day for dinner. Normal night. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been anything ridiculous happening. But somehow, as parties do, dinners do, we ended up on YouTube, right? We end up like browsing something on YouTube. <laughs> and why are you making that face? Because we do the same thing. Oh, it's inevitable. It's like, it always reverts to like, hey, did you see this? Oh, do you remember that song? Oh, we should watch whatever. You know, know. you're one gin and tonic in. And before you know it, you're watching Fat Boy Slim videos on YouTube and rapping to LFO and jump around, (laughs) you know, it's like, and out of nowhere. And I think partly it was just dealing with the stress of everything that is happening in our world right now. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. It was really hanging over me. And I tell you what, we rocked some 90s music on YouTube and I was dancing around. I think my mom joined in, my kids joined in and my poor sister and her husband and Stu, they were all just staring at me like, what is happening right now? Like there was no (laughs) holding back. It was straight up white girl, 90s pop dancing. No skills, no skills at all. <laughs> it was awesome. I, I thought, thought you were going to say dancing on the table. No. I thought that's what we're where we were going. No, but I didn't go no, that far. But oh my gosh, it was so fun. And I thought I, I can't remember the last time I just danced, like just danced my emotions out. You know, right? And I left feeling a hundred pounds lighter, and you know, with some scared family members, but. <laughs> I almost said, and there was nothing left of you. (laughs) But then I said it. I know. I know. Listen. Oh, my goodness. The trash came out just a little bit, Karen. There was a little bit of booty shaking. 
<laughs> it was it was a hoot. Oh gosh. I mean, you just gotta let it go. We Seriously. we do that. I love those are some of my favorite memories in the kitchen where we're cleaning up dishes and all of a sudden a song comes on and before you like we're all just dancing yeah. within minutes. Yeah. And you're right, you do have to blow off steam and And that's exactly have, what it felt like. It was like blowing off steam. Because it wasn't just like shaking my shoulders. I mean, it was like you know, <laughs> I was getting it. I don't know what I was getting, but whatever it was. was <laughs> Pandemic dance party. <laughs> USA. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. I don't even want to say the stupid word, but I know we're going to talk about it a little bit today because it's a big part of what we do anyway. And we get a lot of questions about it. And so we thought we might as well just peel back this onion a little bit today and talk about food, food storage, food supplies, local food, growing food. Pick your subject. Right? Yeah. Pick my subject. Which one would Pick you? Pick their subject. Which, <laughs> I need you to keep up with me, okay? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> one time. of us has had wine and one of us has had caffeine. <laughs> oh my gosh, you've had two sips. <laughs> So one of us will be falling asleep at the desk yes. and the other one will be swinging from I the chandelier. I will be ready to go. Um, okay. Okay. So obviously both of us live on farms. A lot of mm-hmm. our listeners don't live on farms. I want to hear a little bit about how you you guys came to the decision to decide to grow food. Um, the kinds of things that you grow now and what you kind of want to, how you want to see that grow in the future. You know what I mean? Let's start with how you got started. What made you want to grow food? Well, ironically, I got started growing vegetables. Um, let's see. Aiden was, I was a an avid perennial gardener and Aiden was a baby. I think Amelie was a baby. Or maybe I was expecting Amelie, but it was right around the um, the sort of previous countrywide crisis we had when um, we had the recession. Was that Ebola in 2008? I think it was Ebola. (laughs) No, no, it it was, it was the, um, the housing market. Well, wasn't, was that like roughly around the same time as Ebola? I don't think so. Okay. Because I don't think that was that long ago. Okay. Because I had, no, I had family visiting Africa and I remember being cognizant of Ebola because they were there. Okay. No, this was like 2007, 2007, 2008. And um, I was looking at my backyard uh, perennial garden and I was thinking about, we had a, a, a trades business that really took a plunge. And I, I realized, well, I need to do something. I just had this uh, sort of desperate need to be proactive and help in the food department because I wanted to have another baby and yet another. And I knew I needed to learn a new skill. Mm-hmm. And before that, I really was not interested in growing vegetables. Um, I was sort of raised around that. I think my mom grew some, but my grandparents always had a garden and my mom would always, you know, can from the neighbor's grapevines and we would go uh, cucumber picking in this huge cucumber patch and she'd can pickles and do peaches and stuff like that. But it wasn't super intentional. I think it was just more for the novelty and sure fun. Um, but that's how I got started growing vegetables. So I ripped out a ton of grass and put in my first little potage and um you know that sort of led to my obsession with having chickens and we kept chickens in our garage <laughs> suburbs <laughs> and they had like a little run so that was kind of the very beginning for me with food production with wanting to learn how to grow with food prep and food storage and yeah well then looking you had- at it as a way to actually put an indent in the expenses of the household sure well, that's kind of nice then that you were able to go into growing vegetables with somewhat of a green thumb already. I mean, that's a big part of it is just knowing how to weed, water, thin, transplant. Mm-hmm. So that probably made yeah. it a lot easier transitioning into vegetables. I think it did. And uh, I'm kind of this person where if I try something new the first one or two times, it's just brilliant whether it's a recipe or, or anything. And then I go back to do it again. And I'm like, what, how did I do that? I don't even know how I did that. And I remember the first couple of years of gardening were just great uh, vegetable gardening. And then I started hitting, you know, having to learn about pest problems sure. and companion planting and trees were getting bigger 
you know, in that area. And I had to thin them out because I, I was naive about the amount of sunshine that they needed. Sure. And so yeah, just a natural progression of education. Oh yeah. Big time, mm-hmm. big time. So what about now? Now, um, we're on this, we're on with about 13 and a half acres. It's forest and we cleared a ton of it in front of the house and I'm getting to know the soil here, which is very different. And the first, again, the first year here was, um, really tough. So we were clearing trees and just like throwing beds in to have space to grow vegetables. And I was pretty cocky about the soil. So, um, people kept telling me how bad the soil was here in Door County. And I was like, oh, I got this. Yeah. I, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been gardening for 15 years. I know how to do this. And they were right <laughs> because I think I remember calling you crying one yep. day because I'm like, nothing's, nothing's growing. You're, you're showing me like buckets of produce and I have this huge expanse and it's just like this anemic disaster. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, Yes, I, so I remember that. Really, you know, I had a farmer down the road do me a huge favor. He brought a dump truck of manure, mm-hmm. a dump truck from his cows. And we just amended everything. And we amend probably more than a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, I'm just constantly adding things to the soil to yeah. make it fabulous. So I'm, I have high hopes for this year, mm-hmm. like very high hopes. So says every gardener ever. This is my As year. Every gardener ever. <laughs> but last year we put in two, uh, you guys have compost piles? Yes. Do you have compost bins or where do you guys compost? Yeah. So I'm the laziest composter ever. And I see Monty like, he's like, you just need to turn it three times a week and water it. I'm like, Monty, no, <sighs> I'm not doing that. So my take on composting is we make, we have a tractor. We clean up the animal messes with that. We pile it all somewhere on the property and then we let it sit for two years. We don't touch it. We don't water Mm -hmm. it. We don't do anything with it. If you turn it a couple of times with a tractor, it does go a lot faster. Sometimes maybe we'll do that, but rarely. Usually it's just pile it, let it live. And actually this year, it's been two years since we started our first pile and we were able to create about a 50 by 20 foot bed out of that compost pile for our potatoes, which is really great. I mean, the property that we're on used to be orchard property. They used to have an apricot orchard here and the soil is really sad. It's really like Mm -hmm. silty and sandy and not lovely. So I'm always thankful to have a cow. I just think it's the most incredible cycle of things that I can feed my cow grass. She gives me milk. She also gives me a calf and she also gives me manure and then I can take that manure and I can use it to grow produce. It blows my mind. I think a cow. Why does that like make me so giddy? I don't know. The whole like poop, food, (laughs) more food cycle. It makes me like. I know. Happy. It it makes me so happy. And and I love getting to bring people to the farm and show them, especially the young kids, because our kids have friends. They come over to play. And I'm always just like, ladies and gentlemen, this is poop. Isn't this amazing? Behold. Behold, children. And it's actually great. I love getting the opportunity to show other little kids like here's what a, you know, vegetable plucked right out of the garden tastes like. And here's what we do with our cow manure. And, you know, we don't kill our bees because those are our honeybees and they give us honey and they pollinate our fruit and our flowers. And isn't this amazing? And, you know, sometimes they're more interested than other times. But I find, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, you know, when urban kids come to play, (laughs) um, they love it. They absolutely love it. But my lessons for them always start with poop because, you know, they, they're they little kids and they're like, ooh, yuck, you know, and I'm like, but it's actually really cool. So, yeah, no, the whole the whole cycle of things. And I think perhaps a silver lining of this entire debacle that has just totally changed our world over these last couple of weeks is that people are really, I think, wanting to understand something like this. They're wanting to connect somewhat with their food supply 
because I think some mm-hmm. people are panicking and depending on your situation, where you're at, how affected it is, what kind of rules and regulations you're looking at, that could be warranted. You know, you could be in a dire right. situation where this could be something you actually need to, to consider more aggressively. Um, yeah. I think my my fear in that is knowing how long it took me to learn how to grow things, especially well. And in many ways, I won't say it's like a dying art, but a lot less people do it than did it before. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine if you were dependent on your garden exclusively. Yeah. For all those bad years. (laughs) Right. You know, I tell you with everything that's going on, it's really just stirring up in me to get even better and to be, you know, we did a, a lot more, uh, I guess you'd call it homesteading at the farm before we moved here. And now it's been very hands-on with creating this space. Right. You know, we haven't raised any chickens for meat since we moved here. We do keep bees. We have, you know, but we're not, we got rid of our milking goats. We are raising uh, sheep for meat, but it just makes me want to just like dive right back into that because I want that that sense of control, you know, <laughs> and knowing where the food is coming from and- yeah, yeah. You're, when your mind starts to wander, you're like, okay, well, if they stop bringing trucks up here, then what? Right. Because you know, we're pretty remote. And and I think, you know, obviously not everybody that's listening to us right now has a farm or has tons of space. So I'd love to just unpack some ideas on, you know, it's spring. Like mm-hmm. the time is now. Mm-hmm. What, what even a novice, what even mm-hmm. a beginner could do just to maybe grow a little food or yeah. put some more away. Because, you know, I did... I feel really blessed. I don't know about you, like when the last time you shopped, but we got home from Disney and read the headlines. And I said to Joel, I'm like, I need to go to Costco right now. I feel like this, this is going to take a turn in the next few days. And I went on Monday, last Monday, it was peaceful. It was quiet. There was not really many cleaning products, but it wasn't, no, nothing looked empty. And I usually shop for a month at a time anyway. So I feel really blessed to be able to have done that. And by Friday, it was pandemonium. Yeah. So. Yeah. We actually haven't gone to the store at all. Um, We've just been able to sort of put our heads down here. And, you know, because we Mm -hmm. work at home, we school at home and we do our food here. I mean, we always have trips in for beer and toilet paper and, you know, things that we don't grow here on the farm. But um I feel extremely blessed to be in our position. But before we were here, we were still, you know, back to your point of what can people do if they don't have land, if they don't have property. Um, When we were in Alabama, we were kind of in that situation. We were just so poor that we had to grow stuff ourselves. And I actually had a blog reader who gave me a little corner of her yard. It was just a grass yard. And she gave me about a 20 by 20 space. Thanks, Becky. And she let me just grow stuff there. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was able to grow, you know, tomatoes and mustard greens and radishes and all kinds of stuff. So I think, Mm -hmm. and I actually love that. I love that point because it's a community thing. The the point for us, at least, has never been self-sufficiency. Because I tell you what, if, if anything did hit the fan... Oh, we would be up a creek just like everybody else. You know, we have our hay delivered from a local farmer who requires diesel Mm -hmm. to get here in her truck. You know, we have grain delivered from a local mill. So none of this is that far away. It's it's all fairly hyper local in terms of food supply. But we're still dependent on a lot of other people. You know, those feeds are what Mm -hmm. keeps keep our animals alive that in turn give us food. So. The point isn't to hunker down and be like, I got mine. Good luck, everybody. Um, That's like not the point at all. The point is that we need each other and we need community. And I think that to me has been such a great takeaway is like put your phone down, pick up your eyes and see the people around you, see your circumstance, see the situation. I mean, how many people are living in town with a yard of grass? Yeah. Now, a lot, right? And a month ago, you would have been a whack Mm -hmm. job if you took out your grass and planted tomatoes. This week, like not so much, much. (laughs) 
not so much. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's a big thing that people could do is seize opportunities in their local community where they can. Mm-hmm. There's a I did that with my with my that first garden I was talking about. It was so small that we had a neighbor about a four minute walk away who let me do the same thing, a 20 by 20 patch in her backyard. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. And she wanted, yep, she wanted some of it, but it gave me a lot more space. Mm -hmm. So that's where I did all my stuff that took space, like all my onions to store and, you know, anything big zucchini and things like that, that took more space. I did the same thing. It was just her backyard in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At that same time, we were buying things in bulk a little bit. Um, Mm-hmm. just because it was cheaper than buying the small bags of stuff. And so we would buy flour in bulk, um, sugar in bulk, um, honey in bulk, salt, you know, things like that, pantry staples. And mm-hmm. we would go to the bakeries at grocery stores and we would ask for their frosting tubs. Did you ever do that? <laughs> that was big. Um, I, because we're in Cherryland, I have all the cherry tubs from the cherry farmers here okay. full of flour and sugar and yeah. beans and everything. Right. So, yep. I, mm-hmm. you know, when you can't even afford the plastic bucket for these things to go in, was that that stage of life, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, those buckets are expensive. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't want to buy food storage buckets off of Amazon. They're no, outrageous. they are outrageous. They are outrageous. No, you just go to a bakery and you get their old Crisco tubs or their right. whatever. And right. You, yep. And that was such a nice feeling. I mean, we are a big family, so we ate through it in no time anyway. But to have 25 or 50 pound bags of oats, you know, stored away in the pantry, that was a that was a nice feeling that that always brought me some peace of mind. You know, I would go to the organic bakery and they would have and they called it animal feed, like their animal mm-hmm you know, for to feed the ducks mm-hmm. or whatever out for free. These are beautiful loaves of organic bread that were just about six hours too old yes. to be on the shelves. Yes. You know, they weren't rock hard. Mm-hmm. And I would, I'd take them home and freeze them. We ate them. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. where there's a will, there's a way. Totally. And you don't always have to sacrifice quality just because you're broke, because we were flat broke. Mm-hmm. And, but I still wanted to feed my family, you know, organic or as, and that was nice because it was all locally milled grains. Mm-hmm. And or at very least like possible. whole foods, you know, those are the cheap things to right. stock up on. So something like oats, you know, mm-hmm. is it the same as having Lucky Charms for breakfast? No, it's not. <laughs> but no, um, it's a lot better for you, for starters. And in a food storage situation, you know, it would behoove you to have something like that stored up, most certainly. So what would you do if you were going to go like to Aldi this week? I don't know what Aldi is. Bucks I don't know what that is. In a family of four. Aldi is like, you know, when you're in Europe and there's those little cheapy grocery stores. Do you remember shopping at those when you were in Europe? No. They're very small and they're very cheap. Okay. Aldi is a German brand, I think. I think it's owned same company as Trader Joe's, but it's a very, very affordable grocery store. Okay. And you bag all your own groceries okay. and um, it, they have their own brand of stuff. So okay, it's like their own brand of cereal sure. and their own brand of pinto beans and stuff like that. Yeah. So what would I get? Yeah. Because um, that's where like when we were at first, I was like a total. I never wanted to shop at Aldi because I just I just didn't want to. It just gave me the willies. Quite frankly, I was pretty much a snob about it. Mm-hmm. And then and then we were broke. <laughs> then the recession hit and I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. Aldi's a block away. I guess I'm going to find out yeah. what it's all about. And I remember I wanted to have Thanksgiving dinner so bad and I had $27 mm. and I went to Aldi and bought everything to make a Thanksgiving dinner from scratch. Mm. Now this was a long time ago. So there's a price yeah, know, inflation sure. or whatever, but, but yes. No, that, I love um, your question because I got over myself. <laughs> you died to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. Yeah. Um, I love this, I love this question because when we were doing our food network pilot, uh, we went round and round and round with the executives at food network and they just kept saying, um, they had this name for their customer. So they knew who was watching their channel. They knew what she liked, how many kids she had, where she shopped. And, you know, this is a business for them. They know exactly what they're doing. And they said, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say her name because I don't know if. 
I'm, I don't know if that's like private information. Is it Karen? Is there, no, is it's it our not Karen. Karen. It's close though. <laughs> so they said, you know, here's who she is. And she, she shops at Walmart. That's where she gets her groceries. And so mm-hmm. we don't want to make her feel put out that you're baking with einkorn flour or that you're cooking with dehydrated whole cane sugar or that you're using this grass fed, mm-hmm. you know, style butter or whatever it is. And I said, come on, like, let me at her. Because I I welcome the challenge because we had I wrote my first cookbook when we made twenty seven thousand dollars a year and we were a family of five. That's when I wrote from scratch. And so what you see in that cookbook that you get for free for being a patron, by the way, of the podcast. Um, hello. Hello. <laughs> that is what I would buy at Aldi. So it's. I mean, it's not fancy food, but I remember getting to the point where it was like we get to have one what I would call like a luxury fat with each meal. So we could have meat. We still ate meats, Mm -hmm. um, but you wouldn't have meat and eggs in the same meal and you wouldn't have meat and cheese in the same meal or cheese and eggs. Right. Because those were like those were Mm -hmm. our rich, yummy proteins and fats. And we had to space those out just because of budget. So if I were going to go to Aldi, let's say with a hundred bucks, I would get some, I would get like a beef roast and I would get a couple of chickens. Okay. And I would use those to, I would boil them, make stock, save the stock, pull off the meat, boil the bones again, get another batch of stock. That's where I would start. Um, And then what would you, I would do rice and beans next. Legumes for sure. Lentils. Stuff like that. Good, cheap protein. And so, okay. So yeah, this is where, this is my jam, man. (laughs) Yeah. This, so this is when you go to like the Mexican aisle, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you buy the little bags of dried beans, right? Cause some people have never done that. So let's dried beans. Tell them how to do it. Dried beans are much cheaper than canned beans. You go and you buy the, yeah. Yeah, so it's like what two dollars and thirty nine cents or a dollar seventy nine for a couple of pounds of beans. Price ranges yeah. in your area for like a bag of uh, lentils or split pea or the white dried beans. Yep. But that's going to be much healthier and go much farther than buying the sodium filled cans. Oh, big time off the, off the shelf, big time for sure. Which I know is like a temptation. Oh, canned food lasts forever. Well, so do dried mm-hmm. beans. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think I heard once that there's like. I don't know, some insane number, like 72 ingredients in the dried canned food, dried or pardon me, the canned food that they don't have to label. Oh, that's nice. Gives me the willies. Yeah, that's nice. Like tons of garbage. Yeah, definitely get some dried beans. That's what I would do. Then head over to the produce Mm -hmm. section and I would get root vegetables because they'll store forever. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go rancid like a banana. Um, And you can make a lot soups and such with those. So I would get like potatoes. Those are cheap. Onions, for sure. Um, I just had another one in my mind. Well, oh, carrots, because you could use it to flavor the stock. Carrots. carrots. Yep. Carrots are cheap. Yep. Carrots are good. And I, my, my first job was at a produce store. And so I always tell people this too, like, I'm assuming they do it the same way. I don't know, I was 14. But Take reach to the back and grab what's in the back because that's where all the new stuff is. And then, you know, the produce aisle is kind of on a slant. Mm -hmm. They scooch everything forward. So if you're wanting to buy things to last, even your potatoes and everything like reach, reach way up to the back. Totally. Then I would get some like rolled oats for breakfast. Oats. And I would get butter. Mm -hmm. And I would get some cheese. (laughs) I love cheese so much and it's so good for you. I mean, one little chunk of it gives you protein, fat, sustenance. That would be my list. And if you can't afford organic or a lot of, well, I mean, I guess Aldi has more organic these days, but if you can't do organic or that's not an option where you are, then look at the label. If you're really wanting to be as health conscious as possible and look for the RBST label. Mm -hmm. So the no added growth hormone, I feel like that is going to be your second best option. If you can't get an organic dairy product, I feel like look for the ones that don't have the, the, the growth hormone. I feel like it's actually illegal to use that hormone in the U S now. I believe. No way. I think so. 
No Listen, way. I don't know anything about anything, but I feel like I read that somewhere. <laughs> we need a really? we need a professional Googler like Joe Rogan has. So we're just like, hey, Jamie, look that up on Google. Look, go look that up. Make sure I'm not spreading Jamie. lies. Um, yeah, no, just get hmm. you get you some that cheese. Would, that would blow my mind. Yeah, but yeah. Um, keep it simple. You know, keep it simple. Food is expensive. Processed food is really expensive. So, you know, Mm -hmm. steer clear of that and you will save a lot of money. And you know what? I think, too, it it does kind of come down to accepting that that there are times where you want three eggs, you get one. (laughs) You know, you want cheese all over your tacos. (laughs) You don't get it. Like, you know, it we're not used to that in America. We want what we want and we want it now, baby. And it's it is really hard to let go of those creaturely comforts when you've had mm-hmm. 30 years of whatever you want. You know, I mean, I, I remember this feeling really mm-hmm. well from when we were very poor and it was like, but, I, you know, my mom always has a, a refrigerator full of milk and cream. Right. Like we always had dessert there. Yeah. So what do you say? What do you mean? Like, I, I don't get to have dessert every day. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we I mean, we didn't even drink. We quit drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. No. Milk, yeah. No beer. Used, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing like that. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Heck no. No lattes. No. 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 Actually, <laughs> I was pregnant with Owen at a particularly low point in our budget and we were struggling. I mean, Stu was just working like a dog and we went to the doctor and they did my blood test and they were like, you need to, you need to go eat some red meat. Like you are not doing well. And I just started crying in the doctor's office and I was just like, I would love nothing more than to eat red meat right now. But like, I don't have any money. I don't have any money to buy red meat with. And so Stu, God bless him. I just love this man. He took me to this place called Old 27 in Fairhope, Alabama. This burger joint, just Southern as it gets. We sat outside. He bought me a root beer and the biggest burger that they had on their menu. And we put that thing on our credit card like ballers. We were just like, <laughs> I think it was like $30 or something. But Screw we you, just Dave Ramsey. slapped our card down. <laughs> we're just like, give me another one. Right. I will never right. forget that burger because it had <sighs> it was sugar and fat and cheese and it had this peppercorn cream sauce on it. I mean, it was just the most ridiculous burger. But when you'd been living it to like one egg, you know, <laughs> oh, man, right? it was so good. But it only tasted so good because I'd been. Not, you know, overindulging all that time before that. We don't really know that as Americans. Yeah. No, I think we're pretty soft. Joel and I were talking about this the other day. I said, you know, you've got other generations that have gone before us that have really gone through things. Not everyone has a story like you and I do where we're selectively choosing food and driving around in duct taped vehicles, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think, yeah, we're, we're a very, um, Amazonified culture. And like you said, we want what we want when we want Mm -hmm. it. And so this will be interesting mm-hmm. i mean i'm not happy about it but we're gonna be okay yeah and we just they're good lessons make some wise yeah, choices but I, I don't want to see people panic up panicking about food mm-hmm. when because when you really if you'll sit down with a paper and pencil mm-hmm. and a menu and think about the outskirts the perimeter of the grocery store and you know when you're talking about that you would go in and get a pot roast right you said or yeah a roast some kind of and yeah. a couple yep. a couple chickens you know All that stock you mentioned, that's they'll want to get some Tupperwares or some ball jars or even, you know, it's kind of messy. But if you're really hurting Ziploc Mm -hmm. bags for that stock for the freezer and that's countless meals right Mm -hmm. there when you're looking at maybe um, making your rice. I was just going to say rice, making a soup out of it Mm -hmm. or yeah, that's countless meals full of nutrition. Yeah. And that was one of my very healthy. You know, you, you go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. I don't remember. I'm going to pour more wine. One of my favorite uh, meals that came out of our, so we had two like kind of standard breakfast meals when we were really 
mm-hmm. in a bad way. And one of them was cream of wheat, which I grew up eating. And it's literally just coarsely ground wheat berries, you know, so it's like a really, really coarse flour. And you boil it mm-hmm. with milk and a little bit of butter and a little bit of sugar. And we had that for breakfast. Like there was no bacon on the side. You know, there was there was no latte with it. It was just boiled wheat berries. And another one was we call it breakfast broth, but it's whatever broth we have on the stove at the time hot with a we just crack an egg in it, you know, poach the egg in it. Oh, yeah. And that was it. That was breakfast. And it was delicious. We still have that all the time, all the time, because Mm -hmm. even if you do have a farm and maybe even more so if you have a farm, you know the value of every stupid egg you have and the value of every carrot and every everything, everything. You know that no crying over spilt milk? Bull. Bull. (laughs) (laughs) I have cried over spilt milk. I have cried. No crying over almond milk. Yeah. Right. Right. No. um, Fresh milk. My favorite part about this life is how and and whether you have whether you have a farm or not, because if you don't have a farm and you can, I would really encourage you to go find a local food source. Okay, go find a local dairy. Go find a local uh, person who grows beef in your area. Go find a vegetable farmer because you can have the same type of value to your food. But. For us being here on the farm and milking the cow, butchering the animals, raising the vegetables, harvesting the fruit, everything has value. And so when you Mm -hmm. eat it, you appreciate it so deeply because you know all the blood, sweat and tears that went into it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it almost like hurts so good to think about it. You know, a great place to find a local farmer. Um, I think there's a website. I think it's eat local called eatlocal.org. Localharvest.org. Localharvest.org. We have one here called Local Harvest. See, we're spreading lies now. I mean, really, if you were spreading (laughs) lies, if you hopped on Craigslist right now Mm -hmm. and typed in pork, freezer pork, butcher, you know, uh, roaster chickens, you will find food. You will find people that say, I have too many raspberries, you know, come and pick or excess plums from our tree or people, somebody that's raised pork and they, or somebody maybe that um, hunts mm-hmm. and the wife doesn't like venison and their freezer is overflowing. I mean, you will yeah. find it. And so local is the way to go. We're very blessed just within a half a mile of here to have mm-hmm. an excellent meat source, all organic. And uh, you know, we do have bees and there's um, we're in Wisconsin. So there's lots of cheese, yeah. lots of local cheese and things like that, mm-hmm. but it's definitely out there for the taking and it's out there for the taking on a on a really severe budget if you oh, need big to time i remember when we yeah uh would find we found a beef farmer down in alabama we couldn't afford steaks or or a chuck roast you know maybe every once in a while but mm-hmm. really rarely and so i would go to him and i would get the bones and the oxtail and the tongue and ground beef mm-hmm. And anything, you know, that had a lower price point because not all beef is filet mignon, you know, some of it is oxtail and you learn how to cook it and you learn how to prepare it. And those are for one, they're delicious. Uh, Lamb neck is one of the cheapest cuts of lamb you can get. I raise lamb here on the farm. Our family eats between like six and eight of them a year. So we eat a lot of lamb. And lamb neck is my favorite cut of lamb. You boil it in a stock and then peel the meat off and then you can season it however you like. But it is so tender and so delicious. And it's really cheap because no one knows what to do with the lamb neck. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you said, it is out there for the taking. But it does take a little bit of effort if you're not going to grow it yourself to, to find it. You got to be willing to kind of Jump around and, you know, hey, jump around, jump around, jump up, she goes again down. (laughs) It's been in my head for days. I look for every opportunity. (laughs) I hate that song. I hate to disappoint you. I can't stand that song. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind the the daddy Mac will make you. I mean, I like that part, but like, yeah. No, man, you give me those first 
bits and I just Who did that? Chris Cross? No, Chris, that's that's a different one. You're thinking of jump jump, not to be confused with oh, jump around. Oh, you're right. Back I'm it totally up, back thinking it in. of Let me begin. That's the one Let I'm me talking begin. about. <laughs> I can't even battle me. That's a sin. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Here we go. Okay. okay. We can I like we that can one. being friends now. Gotcha. Um what were we talking about? <laughs> Something important. Okay, so tell me, Angela, what Sure. So we have we have a root cellar underneath our house, which is mm-hmm. very rare. Like there's steps from our kitchen, open steps that snake down into our root cellar. And yes, would you like to say something? Snake being the key. Word. Okay. The one wait, time wait, I get to, I get the to. One I'm sorry. Time. <laughs> no, I go to Shay's house, and as you heard before, she poisoned me. <laughs> and it was one time. <laughs> And then I'm in the basement and I'm like, where she put me? She banished me to the basement for sleeping. Not the root and cellar. And my daughters. Not the root cellar. Right. I'm like, what's that sound? Like Christmas vacation. What's that squeaking sound? It's like a hiss, a hissing sound. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Listen, there's a frigging giant snake. It was a bull trapped. snake for starters, which is... Trap fine because it eats the mice under the floor and the ceiling <sighs> in my sleeping quarters and in her kitchen. It was no, fun. Let me just no, say, it was, you were not sleeping in my kitchen. You are misrepresenting. No, I, I said in my sleeping quarters and the kitchen. It was kind of all over the place. No, there was and no then snake. Stuart in got your, out like a flashlight. No, there was no snake in your what? sleeping quarters. It was in the root I'm cellar. Just being funny. We've already discussed that I'm prone to exaggeration. That's so true. you need to just Listen. let me stay in character <laughs> and finish this story. Snakes are welcome here. And you know what? This is the wild, wild west, Miss Angela. The wild west where the tumbleweeds blow and cowboys got the six I shooter. I don't like that song. And you've got Will Smith's wild, wild west. How can you not like anything Will Smith does? I love him. No. Anyway. I just, I just, that song got, I did love that album right about that time though. Right about I think now. I've got the whole thing memorized. Thanks, your brother. See, I can connect anything to a 90s song. No, yes. That's not, that's not I Will know, Smith. but it's a 90s song. You said it and I had to run with it. Fat Boy Slam. Check it yeah, out. Check now. it out now. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a great one too. My kids oh, yeah. love that one. That's like the clean up the house song. Blast that bad boy. Yeah, that's a really good oh, one. Oh, you can't not dance. For sure. Okay, but back to the point. I have a root cellar. I me? have a root cellar <laughs> underneath my kitchen. Okay. We have a big walk-in cooler that we mm-hmm. built with styrofoam and a cool bot and a and an air conditioner unit because we store our parsnips, our beets, our carrots, herbs, potatoes, onions, garlic, like we store a lot of food, cabbages, tons of stuff that we put up throughout the, throughout the year. So food storage for us is really I don't even like those words cuz it just makes you think of like you know, preppers, I guess, for lack of a Dehydrated better word, potatoes. which is fine if you if you're a prepper. I'm not. I just like mm-hmm. to eat my food year round. Like I want to have my cabbages to eat in the wintertime. My point in all that is because we do that, mm-hmm. because we butcher our animals, we've got a lot of food here year round. But I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he's like, I had to run out to get chicken because he just eats chicken and spinach. And he's like, I needed like I don't. I have like a couple days worth at any one point and that's it. And I thought, oh man, I'm really disconnected. That's all he eats? Basically. I'm. He just eats chicken and spinach? Basically. <laughs> My point was he only has a couple of days of food at any given time. And so he was like, I really needed to go mm. get something. Because if they're saying you need to be prepared to, you know, hang out here for a while, you're going to need some food. Um. So my question in all that is because you kind of have a foot in both ponds right now because you guys haven't maxed out your, you know, production abilities on your farm yet while you've been setting up all the infrastructure. How much, like, what does your storage look like? How much do you keep? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. So we did a cooler too. And do you use yours as the refrigerator? Because I use mine as the fridge. So it's like storage and fridge. So I have um, probably... I mean, I shopped a little bit heavier this time. I tried to shop for a good five weeks and I won't, 
have enough fresh produce for that time. So I did buy frozen berries and some frozen vegetables mm-hmm. at Costco, which I don't often do because I don't really like mm-hmm. them. Um, and so I have all that and I still have, you know, some, I still have apples that I can make applesauce with sitting in the cooler. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that. And I ordered, um, about three times a year, I place a big bulk foods order and, uh, it was time for me to mm-hmm. do that. Actually, I was out. So I have, uh, 50 pounds of lentils, 50 pounds of split pea, 50 pounds of some sort of dried bean. I don't remember coming. Mm-hmm. I probably have 50 pounds of steel cut oats, mm-hmm. about 150 pounds of flour between einkorn and, uh, just organic mm-hmm. wheat flour. So, and then what I really was trying to do was just have enough butter, have enough fats. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought an extra olive oil. I bought extra butter. Uh, our chickens are finally laying again. So I bought some extra eggs and then I'm hoping to capitalize on them laying. Mm-hmm. You can actually order uh, hens that are just a couple weeks from laying. So I think I'm going to do that mm-hmm. and kind of bypass this year, you know, as much as there's certain breeds that I want mm-hmm. to be beautiful and make me happy. I think I'm going to sort of bypass the chick yeah. phase and, and spending the money on feeding chicks yeah. and just jump right to the pullet, the laying yeah. pullet phase. So. I love that. So I think, um, you, I mean, it just in you saying that because there is this sort of novelty about farming, like I want to have the fancy chickens and then there's like, oh, there's like the romantic yeah, aspect. And then there's you know? the food and aspect. Then when you really get pragmatic and <laughs> right. down and dirty, you're like, okay, right. I don't think Laura Ingalls was worried about having lavender or pink. That's true. Okay. Right. Like, and turns out, I like, think they just needed their omega 3s exactly. and an egg. The Rhode <laughs> Island it. Reds who lay, you know, 350 eggs a year or something versus. 200 even the ugly white leghorns <laughs> like you just I hate get them. it you always have a couple leghorns in your flock because they're always put i know out, you know it's so, true yeah. it's true yeah um i wish we have this sweet little heifer lucy she is beautiful she's half jersey half dexter she's our very last heifer from this bull because he's i need her i know that's what i said to Stu the other day i said this would be the perfect family cow for somebody because she's smaller dexters are shorter and smaller they're very easy to manage yeah. she's been with mm-hmm. us since the beginning she's docile she is beautiful yeah. and i was like how can i get this cow to wisconsin <laughs> like, how can I get her there i mean seriously poor joel today he is under the full court press for a dairy cow oh i mean well yeah he's gonna be really sick of me by about 7 p.m mm-hmm. because i'm like okay i found feeder pigs in algoma mm-hmm. how far away is algoma <laughs> let's do this you know like how far he's like how you know far you away is washington pigs? i'm like yeah i i know you have to pigs feed are pigs easy. i'm aware of pigs that are they easy. also feed me forever grow them in the spring to I, the fall and you give them garden scraps yep that's easy yeah, that's why I said we have enough space. It, like I said, we don't, you don't have to do the whole grain route. Again, Pa and Ma weren't going to the feed store and buying big bags of pig grain, mm-hmm. right? Right. But they Let's were resourceful. How about sunflower heads? rows of beets and, and, you exactly. know, I just ordered a thousand sunflower yep. seeds. So let's do yep. this. There's so yep. many, so many ways that you can get creative raising pigs is the best it is i mean i want to raise those man man, speaking of fancy breeds (laughs) the mangalisa ones they're like woolly they have curly Mm -hmm. brown hair they're very furry and apparently their meat and their fat tastes like hazelnuts can you imagine okay no no we um because i can't think of many things i love more than bacon grease (laughs) We had breeding pigs for a long time, you know, and and it just got to the point where it was like they were just chewing up way too much of our space here and not breeding enough. Turns out this is a funny thing we found. It's very common when you have a boar and he's around the sows all the time. He won't breed them. Uh He gets bored with them. He Uh, likes to be teased and kept away. I mean, it's like this whole drama. And you're just like animal husbandry. Let me tell you, it is not as easy as you think it is. It is not as easy as you think it is. It is a steep learning curve. If any of you are thinking about popping into it at times like this, do it. By all means, do it. Just don't expect it to go super smooth all at once. It it is. It's a. I would say, wouldn't you say, like, just start, like, if you're going to do something, like, don't get crazy. And don't. 
with breeding stock. Just start with like something like if and they're called feeder pigs. That's what you would Google on Craigslist. Yes. And that just means it's like a what do you say? Like 50 to 70 pound, 40 to yeah, 70 small, pound pig. Yeah. And you buy them at about 50 yeah, pounds. Small, 50 you'll bucks, butcher it about 250. So you keep it for mm-hmm. five months, put 200 pounds on it. And again, like don't get too crazy with your breeds. Like I know the heritage breeds and the taste and all that. But if you're just like if you're from ground zero and you're just getting started, just get a just get a pig off Craigslist. Okay, just get a pink. Don't make it too. (laughs) It'll be don't make it too complicated because the reason that these are, you know, quote unquote standards, it's like the white Langhorn. You can't kill them. I mean, they're just like they're so terminated for what they do now. Mm-hmm. If you want to go further down that rabbit hole later in terms of breed and taste and, you know, yada, yada, I'm all for that. You guys know that. But start simple. Don't start too complicated because uh, you'll get you'll get. Discouraged. Yeah, and especially right now, I think like right now, like I know there's many of our listeners that they're just like you and I, where they are pining for a homestead. They want to be on a farm or they want to be in the country and not all of them, I know, but like. This is the time just to be really pragmatic. Like you said, just get your productions, just get your production breeds. And now is not the time to don't be don't be to learn how to grow heirloom vegetables. I love heirloom vegetables, especially tomatoes, particularly. But if you're just at the point where you're like, no, get the most disease resistant, (laughs) high yield, long storage, you name it, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You'll still be better off. (laughs) Right. Now, I think, um, yeah, letting go of that novelty in terms of pragmatism is a really good thing at a time like this, because if the point is food on Mm -hmm. your table, there are some really more efficient ways that you can do that, even, you know, off your own property or somebody else's, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. It's the basics. Keeping it down there. And, you know, that's just it's kind of like Shay was saying with the 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 having the family dairy cow, you know, you have the manure and then, and then that goes into the garden Mm -hmm. and the garden makes vegetables. It's even that way, you know, if you did raise a pig this year, there's just always some sort of benefit where say you're saying, well, this year meat is really important to my family, but next year I would like to learn how to vegetable garden and get the pig, put them in the area where you're going to raise your vegetables next Mm -hmm. year. He'll rototill the snot out Mm -hmm. of it. He'll fertilize Mm -hmm. it. He'll get it all cleaned up of all weed roots and everything for you. He'll do all the work. Then he'll feed you all winter. And then you can plant a garden next year. It's true. It's the circle Mm -hmm. of life. Another great 90s song. Circle. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, it's not. No, that one is awful. Angela Reed. You can't. Don't. Shay. It is Elton. All the Disney songs. Elton. Are perfect in their own environment. I don't need Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson singing Beauty and the Beast to me. I don't need Elton John singing the circle of life. Elton John is the circle of life. (laughs) Listen, I, I, I will defend Lion King to the death. So... I love Lion King. I just don't like the pop artist versions. I don't like the credit music. I like the song in the movie. Yeah, I know that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I'll take you off my hit list then. I want to say one more thing about growing the fancy things. If you're just getting started with your garden this year, if this, you know, food storage and exploration is new to you. In the vein of keeping it simple, why don't you just choose like 10 things to grow? This like... This is not the time either to be growing Brussels sprouts. Okay. Or that cool Romanesco (laughs) broccoli. Like, don't bother with that. (laughs) Potatoes, onions, carrots, beets, parsnips, Mm -hmm. greens like kale or collard greens, mustard greens, super simple, big, long harvest window. Those would be at the top of my list. What would be, what what am I missing, Ange? What else? I did say onions. I mean, mm-hmm. you did? Oh, I didn't hear that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say potatoes all the way. And, you know, you don't have to have space. You can do all sorts of things. My great grandmother, this is gross to me, <laughs> but my great grandmother used to raise potatoes in tires. Mm. So they were a farming yeah. family and there was always extra tires laying around. She'd stack the tires. Yeah. Trash but cans. You can definitely go up with potatoes. Bags. Trash cans, bags, burlap. Yeah. Onions are easy whatever. too. I mean, onions are not complicated yeah. to grow. Get a storage variety that will last for a really long time in storage because there are ones that are designed to do that and do that well. Um, yeah, this isn't the year to like 
grow your first jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> you know, like everybody's like, oh, and we're going to have a garden and we're going to grow pumpkins for the yeah. kids this fall. Yeah. Well, they take up like a crap ton it's of space. True. So maybe not. It's true. If it's your first. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I think that's about it. Um, yeah. Those, are, uh, yeah, onions those and potatoes, would be my big those ones. Those are like things I'm just turning to. Mm-hmm. all day every day oh that's why we finally we finally did this potato patch because we've grown them in rows for the last couple of years and i've just been a little for one it's a pain to have to to trench them in a row it really destroys the the rows you know and i have to rebuild them and it's, it's super awful. annoying yeah and i was just i mean we grew this year we got the closest we ran out of our potatoes about a month ago um, so we made nice. it, we made it a good stretch on our potatoes. That's by far the furthest we've ever made it, but I am determined to, to make it until like June because that's when we can June or July, mostly July is when we could kind of start pulling some new potatoes out if we wanted to mm-hmm. from this year's crop. And so I just need to hit it a little bit harder this year. So we, we're going straight up like potato mountain this year. I'm just like, <laughs> How many pounds of seed potatoes are you planting? I'm you know? planting 75 pounds. Okay. A lot. Hmm. I ordered 50. So now you're making me feel like I need to do 100 because our family's a little bigger yeah. than yours. Um, but yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, I took Joel mm-hmm. out. I took Joel out today when we did the chores and I said, I told him what you guys were doing. Just the idea of raising the potatoes out by where the compost is instead of hauling oh, it all into the seriously. garden. I'm like, look at, behold, here's the perfect potato patch out here where they can just be ugly. Right. Spread. And the compost yep. is right yep. here. And I wanted something, frankly, because we're going to grow our corn in the same plot as well. Corn is a super heavy feeder. It needs a lot of nutrition yeah. to grow. And so nitrogen. Yes, and, I wanted yeah. it in a place where we could just bulldoze it with the tractor if we needed to or even like rake yeah. it up and shake it up to get all the potatoes out because when you're doing that all by hand it can be I mean we've done it all by hand but it's yeah. you know it's a doozy it, corn shreds your hands I can't do corn out there because of the deer I would oh have to yeah build, like, it's like a built in feeder and then you harvest them and gigantic. then you get venison what what <laughs> I know they're in my garden every morning I'm like Joel when does hunting season start I just <laughs> it's over oh man yeah, well, when it is time. You are you allowed to harvest them on your own property in Wisconsin? Okay. Yes. Not wait. Off of hunting no, season? No, no, no. During hunting season. During. Yes. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. I'm actually going to learn how to hunt. I have a new book called Girl Hunter. Mm-hmm. And I am going to learn how I love to hunt. That. My friend and I and it's happening. I love that. Yeah. My friend I'm a I'm excited. My friend's husband is a big, a big time hunter and they're neighbors of ours and our boys are about the same age. We go to church together. And so we're, I'm working on starting this archery like slash homeschool (laughs) session for the boys where they're going to come up here twice a week. They're Mm going to get instructions from Cody. Um, Stu's done a lot of hunting, but not a lot of archery. And anyway, the boys are all going to learn together and Mm -hmm. I can't wait as much as I'd like to learn. I don't know if I can take on another hobby right now. I told right. this sweet friend of mine at church, I was like, Cinda, I'm going to learn how to become a bow hunter. And she just looks at me so sweet. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't done in like a disparaging so way. Funny. It was just like, I know your type. And she's the same way. She's like, I know your zeal for everything. You want to do everything. But like, you got to be reasonable about what you're going to do. You know, like... <laughs> Oh my goodness. My cousin is like a bad mammer jammer bow hunter. She can drop a buck like yeah, nobody's get it, Darla. business. And I, one year, I, yeah, one year I'm like, oh, will you teach me? Can I go with you? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, Ange, you gotta like, the bow has to be like adjusted. It's gotta like match your body. Yeah. Like this isn't just like practice. you just pick up someone's bow, someone else's bow and you go hunting with mm-hmm. them. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's like when your kid comes out to the garden and they're like, it's February. And they're like, I want to plant a tomato. And you're just like, wait, wait, right. slow down. You don't know anything about what's happening down. right now. Like, it doesn't just work like that. Can I have my own part of the garden? I'm like, mm, <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> oh, well, once again, Terrible. we have brought you maybe not so much as valuable information, but we're here. Oh, stop. Now they know how to read a French wine okay. label. And they know which how to shop for pigs. Okay. And 
Don't say we never did there. nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of food growing, I my latte is done and it's a beautiful day. And I want to get back outside and get to it because I got stuff going in. So don't make that face at me. I'm going to keep seeds starting. My Actually, I have more lights to grow, more grow lights. Holy cow. I mean, it looks like I'm a marijuana <laughs> farmer here in my front porch. There's just lights everywhere. It's really bad. Uh, and there's not yeah. enough. So, and, and for days like today when it's just abysmal mm-hmm. and there's no sunshine. Yeah. So. I'm going to carry All on. All right. You carry on. I'll carry on here. And then uh, maybe we'll be able to eat some delicious food here in a few weeks time. It's I like magic. Wait. I can't wait for that first arugula. Oh, yeah. Little tiny green onions. Yes, please. Yeah. Bring it. Bring it on. Bring it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with here. Being here. Wow. Let me start that again. Being with you. Thank here. you for being here with us for another <laughs> week another homemaker chic episode this is such a joy for us to get together to talk and then to join in the conversation over on instagram at homemaker chic podcast please do stop by give us a like give us a comment so that we can read your awesome comment on next week's episode and what else am i missing well they need to hop on over to patreon because as you mentioned earlier our patrons receive a copy, a digital copy of each of our cookbooks and lots of other perks coming like early release and live streams with Shay and yes. I, which we're very yes. excited about. And you guys like these are going to be really intimate gatherings. So if you want to pour a latte or your favorite glass of wine and hang out with us, then you need to become a fangirl patron over on patreon so patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast and that shows your support and love of the podcast and it sort of let's be real it just gets you in on all the action Mm -hmm. it's gonna be fun and if you already are a patron then make sure you watch your email because our first hangout is coming up real soon and we're excited about that So it's time for you to go plant a seed organize your pantry make your shopping list Assess the situation and wash (laughs) your hands, everyone. Let's all join together for the greater good. Take care of those in our community um, who maybe can't take care of themselves or people who we care so deeply about. And let's be responsible and uh, come together this time. I hope that you learned a ton and we're just encouraged as we all move forward this spring. Yes. What do you say, Shay? I think that Should sounds fabulous. Let's get next week. Let's get growing. Get it? Like let's going. Get growing. But growing. Nailed it. Cheers. Alrighty. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>